0: Good morning. Welcome to the Bell and Paul Legal Show. Brad Pollock and Dana Miller are in studio today. Gary Bell's in Steamboat working on a case uh, in our Steamboat office. We are Bell and Pollock. We are personal injury lawyers. Uh, we spend our time uh, representing people who have been hurt as a result of the negligence uh, of another uh, or the result of a, somebody who's done something that's not appropriate or has, done something that, or has not done something that they should have done. Uh, we've been together since 1984, uh, taking care of people in the Denver metropolitan area throughout the state of Colorado. As I stated, we have an office in Steamboat Springs. We uh, have traveled near and far throughout the entire state representing people and conducting uh, personal injury cases on behalf of people who are hurt. If you've hurt, been hurt as a result of the negligence of another, or if you think it might be, the negligence of another, if you think it might be the reason that somebody else did something they shouldn't have done or they didn't do something they should have done, then contact us at bellpollock.com, championsofthepeople.com or at 303-795-5900. We'll be happy to talk to you. Uh, give you your free consultation, which, by the way, when you hear lawyers talk about free consultations, every lawyer in the personal injury business doing a personal injury case uh, gives a a free consultation. Or at least every lawyer who does that for a living and handles personal injury cases for a living gives a free consultation. Oftentimes, it's discussed as a selling point. I'm not so sure it should be a selling point because it's not a selling point. Everybody does it. It's a standard in the industry. Uh, However, it is important for you to know that it is a free consultation so you're not afraid to come in and ask a lawyer for help. And, And Bell and Pollock will give you a legal game plan. That legal game plan may be rough around the edges when we first meet with you but as we get to know you it'll get refined, it'll get changed, it'll get modified as more facts um, come to light as more information comes to light. uh, You have lawyers who say they'll tell you what your case is worth when you call them. You've got to think about that uh, because for me to tell you what your case is worth, I have to know a lot about you. I have to know a lot about the insurance that the other person has. I have to know a lot about your own insurance. I have to have details. I have to have information and just telling you what your case is worth is very hard. Now, you can sometimes talk about what generally is paid for a particular injury, but that may have, or it normally has no relevance at all for your case. It means nothing because you are an individual, you're separate, you're distinct, and we look at you as a separate, distinct individual needing a legal game plan. Dana, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Brad. Happy Friday to you.
0: That is, it's a nice Friday. As uh, Dana just spilled beans, you're listening to this show <laughs> not on Friday, which is fine. Uh, we uh, have we pre-record this show, so you're listening to the show um, on either Saturday, probably Sunday, though um, on our on our stations, um, and we pre-record it. But we are doing this Friday morning in the studio, and today we're going to talk about um, recreational. Uh, general liability waivers. Uh, Dana, that's pretty appropriate this time of year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're on the, uh, I think the uh, all-star game started here in Denver uh, last night. Um, I don't have those cable channels, so I didn't get to watch any of the fun stuff, but um, I thought it was uh, specifically a topical issue as we get back into a You know, a return to normalcy, enjoying all of the things that Colorado has to offer, um, rafting, horseback riding, visiting ranches, ATV riding, um, hiking, mountain climbing expeditions um, with with groups and organizations, attending sporting events, uh, attending concerts, um, and all of the things that we really like to do here living in Colorado.
0: And, you know, you expect to sign a, a liability waiver. We'll talk about what you would expect or don't expect to have in the liability waiver a little later, but you expect to sign one when you're doing something like skydiving, right? Um, that that's not a surprise.
1: No, I mean you're going up into a plane, you're strapping on a parachute, and you're jumping out of a perfectly good plane.
0: Right, <laughs> jumping <laughs> out of a perfectly good plane. So you know you, you expect that there's got to be some kind of liability waiver you're going to you're going to sign. Uh, not so much necessarily, and, and maybe you expect to sign one when you go to Elitch's or when you go to amusement park and you're getting on some of their rides that um, jerk you around and go up and down and, and go all wild. I'm not so sure people expect to to think that there's much danger and they need much of a liability waiver. The, the entity needs one when you're going to watch a baseball game and you're going to buy your ticket, walk in, sit down in the stands, and watch the game.
1: Yeah, or a soccer game, MLS. You know, um, right. and and what people don't realize is that um, all of that funny little fine print on the back of the ticket that they give you is essentially a liability waiver.
0: And and you know you you've got to think that is a liability waiver. And and does it only apply to the purchase who purchased the person who purchased the ticket? If I decide to purchase tickets for everyone in my office to go watch a baseball game, uh, and I give tickets to certain people, should they be um, bound by the terms of the liability waiver that I, uh, in essence, signed up for when I bought the ticket? Uh, You stop to think about that. You stop to think about why would you need a liability waiver for a baseball game? Or why would you need a, 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 a waiver for going into a lacrosse game or a soccer game or looking at these type things? And you're thinking, uh, what what's the purpose behind these waivers? And, and what is the, the general reason why uh, we've had the General Assembly even in Colorado in years past uh, enforce these waivers?
1: Right. And I think some people, when they get a little bit of knowledge about this, too, they think, oh, well, now I've signed this waiver and it, it you know, it protects whoever it is who's, you know, uh, requiring the waiver. Uh, it, it defends them from against any responsibility for any injury or um God forbid, fatality that would occur um, while participating in that activity, um, and that's not necessarily the case either. Um, so I think I think people need to take a really close look at this, and 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 realize what it is that they are signing essentially a contract for.
0: Now, I want you to think about liability waivers also. You know, it, it, recreational liability waivers. Colorado is a big time recreational state. It has a lot of its revenues dependent on, on recreational matters or recreational activities. It draws a lot of people in from outside the state, uh, even outside the country, mm-hmm. for recreational purposes. And we can talk not just the summer. And we're doing this show right now because we're realizing, and everybody should realize, we got a lot of months left in summer and summer activities. But as we blend into the winter and we get snowmobiling and skiing, we still are a recreational state. And we start talking about recreational waivers. And why would a company agree to operate a recreational activity if they have no protections against somebody, in essence, wiping them out in the event they get hurt doing that recreational activity or They have insurance that gets so high that they can't afford it. Now, I'm a personal injury lawyer. I'm a plaintiff's personal injury lawyer, and I sue people for their negligence, for their failure to protect their customers. And so, you know, I, but at the same time, you have to recognize why would you get into the activity if there's not a waiver? And that's what the General Assembly actually considered when they were putting together some of these rights for waivers. And, and when lawyers try and write these waivers, they're saying, look, we need our people to be able to do this so they can be in business.
1: Right. But then there's the competing public interest of keeping the public safe. (laughs) So there are a number of things where the courts really do look at, is this a recreational waiver or is this a general liability waiver? And there are certain exclusions. You know, if you are taking rtd the train to the airport if you are in a commercial airline you know the they the public safety interest weighs against you know uh, protecting a business from operating the way it it, it should um, and and injuring people in the process you know uh, say for example you're on a really bumpy flight coming into Denver um, and uh, you get, th- despite being belted in, you get thrown from your seat uh, and and you injure yourself. You know, you hit your arm or your head or, or the passenger next to you uh, and you sustain some injuries in that way. You know, there are certain exceptions to these liability waivers um, that even though the, the airline might say, oh, well, you know, Bumpiness happens. Well, yes, it does. But they owe those those specific group of they're called common carriers. owe the public a heightened duty of safety. So the courts really do when it comes to these liability waivers, look at whether there's a difference between a general liability waiver and a more specific recreational liability waiver. And I'd remind you, Brad, too, that, you know, organized sports. You know, if your kids are playing organized sports, chances are, you know, you've, you've signed liability waivers for them.
0: And, and therein, you, you make a great point because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that just about anything and everything you do today in this day and age, you're going to sign a waiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that it even gets to the point where a lot of times it, if you go to, if your kid goes to the neighborhood Uh, or to the neighbor's yard where there's a trampoline or a swimming pool, and they engage in swimming or jumping on the trampoline, the neighbors may come over to you and say, you've got to sign this waiver before I'll let your kid come into my backyard and do these things, because I don't want to be responsible for if your child gets hurt. Um, and, And we understand there are waivers on everything. And when you when somebody gets hurt, and you go to the to the person or the entity that's caused the injury, and you say, "Here, you're responsible. I need your insurance information, and I'm wanting to hold responsible," they have a tendency to look and say the the especially the the commercial entities say, "Look at the waiver on the back of your ticket, or look at the waiver." You know, Dana makes a great point when she says, "Not so fast. Let's take a look at the circumstances."
1: Right. Exactly.
0: And. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, you know, who was involved in the contract? You know, how much time do they have to evaluate it? Was, you know, was it separate from their from their purchase uh, originally? Was it separated by time and space? And, you know, what's the level of the capacity of the people who are involved in the contract? Um, you know, some general contract rules apply, which is a little a field of what we do on the daily basis. But, you know, was there a meeting of the minds <laughs> between and, the
0: parties? And, and that's our job. When somebody comes in and says they got hurt, is to look at the circumstances that, that. Are focused around it. We're going to talk about those circumstances. And we're going to talk about a number of things we look at and a number of things you can deal with on the waiver. Now, this is not meant for you to look and say, I ah, don't worry about the waiver, just sign it and go on. You still need to read it and understand it. And if you don't understand it, maybe ask questions and we can talk about the circumstances under which you're having to sign it. But right now, we just want to talk about the fact that not so fast. Don't think the waiver is it. And now you've got no recourse and no remedy. There are things to look at. You're listening to bell. Bell & Pollock Legal Show. Brad, Paul, and Dana Miller are in studio today. We're talking to you about recreational waivers that are on the backs of your tickets or that are on the or papers that you sign. Every time you go to do anything in a recreational basis in Colorado, you're probably going to sign one. We're going to, um, You, if you have a question, you can reach us at 303-795-5900 at bellpollock.com or at championsofthepeople.com. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. This Legal Minute is brought to you by Bell & Pollock Personal Injury Lawyers at ChampionsofthePeople.com.
2: Hi, I'm Gary Bell of the law firm of Bell & Pollock. See if you can solve this legal riddle for me. How can you get hurt twice in the same accident? Once in the accident and again on the insurance claim. That's twice. As my military commander used to say, we don't have problems here, we only have opportunities. Listen, when you've been injured in a car crash, your opportunity to protect yourself and your family is, may come only once. That's right, only once. We always tell people, when you've been injured, you must take the proper steps at the beginning, and in the middle, and in the end. If you take the proper steps, you can win this war. You can fulfill that opportunity. You can protect yourself, and you won't get hurt twice in the same accident. Call us. Bell & Pollock, ChampionsOfThePeople.com will help you.
0: For your Bell & Pollock legal game plan, visit ChampionsOfThePeople.com. Welcome back. Brad Paul, and Dana Miller in the studio today. We're talking about recreational waivers. Those pape- pieces of paper that you get um, when, when you get a ticket and on the back or somewhere when you've signed it, if it's a big ticket, you've signed a, a waiver and a release for, of liability to the entity that is giving you the services. Uh, you've signed that with respect to all the people they've employed, all the people who are giving you those services, all the people that are, that are working with you, and and you also, you might have gone in advance when you signed up or bought the activity and purchased it. Uh, let's say you've decided you're going to go skydiving, or you're going to go even skiing, uh, water skiing, or you're going to go out on a boat and do some water, water um, rafting, or whatever. And you sign these documents, and there's a lot of questions as to whether or not they are are in fact enforceable. Uh, you can. You can open up the internet and you can pull up this topic and you're going to find some lawyers saying generally they're enforceable and you're going to find other lawyers saying generally they're not enforceable. Right. You know and you know go okay well I guess you guys are reading a different set of cases than the other ones you know who's reading what cases and how are they deciding generally enforceable versus generally not enforceable but Dana, when we start looking at it we talk about circumstances we talk about the the relevant circumstances that apply
1: Sure I really like to think about the baseball examples because it, it, there's a lot of opportunities and some of this has been in the news in the last couple of years and whatnot but you know you would expect at a baseball game that the liability waiver that you sign, or or essentially consent to by purchasing your ticket would say, hey, you know, there are... are baseballs being hit into the air uh, and yeah we've got nets up and yeah we've got protections up but you you need to be alert you need to be aware that there are projectiles uh, you know that may come at you and uh, you know we're, we're protecting ourselves you know the Rockies or, or whomever all-star game um, from uh, you know having personal injury actions come back at us for being hit on the head while you were busy talking to your friend and having, having a Coors Light um, however The other circumstances that might not likely might not be covered uh, by that liability waiver, you know, say a disgruntled, uh, you know, food service worker uh, is making your nachos and is mad about something else and pours hot cheese on your arm. That's also a negligent act, Um, but that's probably not covered by the waiver. I mean, that's not why you're there. You're there to watch the baseball game. You're not there to get hot cheese put on you. Or, God forbid, this did happen a couple of years ago. I can't remember if it was at the Broncos game or at a Rockies game, but the escalators malfunctioned. And it jolted and caused a number of people to be disrupted um, and I think fell. Uh, and I think there were some really serious injuries there. Now, you know, it, this was exactly the issue that came up. Did those patrons who were injured by the uh, faulty escalator, you know, did they release any claims that they might have had by purchasing their ticket because of that faulty escalator and the injuries they sustained?
0: And there's an excellent example is, uh, it, you know, the first thing you want to do when you're thinking about if somebody's been hurt or if a waiver is going to re- apply it, um, is is you want to think about is this even contemplated within the area of of injuries or events that I think could happen to cause liability.
1: Yeah, think about what activities specifically are tied to that recreational activity. You
0: know, so so when you're you're talking about sitting in the stands and having a foul ball hit you, or this 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 coming weekend when you're going to have the home run derby, and you're going to be out there. Are you in a danger zone? And is a danger? Are there certain parts of the field that are more dangerous than others? And has the standard. For what the Rockies should be doing to protect you changed as we see other fields, I think the Rockies have done this also, but as we see other fields extend the netting mm-hmm. and extend it further out. Well, what if the netting's not up? Have you released them from that, from that negligent act?
1: Uh, I think that that's a real uh, litigious-like question, you know, uh, and I think there have been cases of that uh, that occurred uh, more in the realm of of ice hockey, where you know some of the plexiglass has been not properly inspected and pucks have, you know, gone through, or you know uh, the the breaking of a plexiglass could injure people, um, and yeah, I, I think that those are all issues that likely end up being you know, if not fully litigated in court, certainly the cause of a, a, a legal claim of action.
0: I know it's one that I would be inclined, personally inclined to push. I'd be pushing it forward saying, wait a minute, you know, you, you, you protective netting should be further down. And we see out of 32 teams, we see, or 30 teams or whatever there are, we see um, we, we see this being done in, in 28 stadiums and you're a stadium that doesn't do it. I've got some questions on why. And I'd be saying the same thing with hockey. I'd be saying, wait, the plexiglass is on all the other stadiums. There There's four of all of you that don't do it. I've got some questions why you do that and why you're not protecting the public. And they, I don't think people are necessarily waiving that kind of negligent action. Uh, and, and at that point, the, you know, the first thing you're gonna be quoted is the waiver. The second thing that you should do is get a lawyer and talk to a personal injury lawyer who's gonna look at it and talk about whether or not it's it's there. But understand what you're signing. Let's let's talk about something else, Daniel. Let's talk about you know, when we talk about let's say horseback riding mm. and you're you sign up for a horseback riding trip a month in advance and they send you all the paperwork. Right. But they don't send you the waiver. Mm. Wow. That's kind of interesting. That is
1: kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, you're getting an opportunity to look and review all that documentation way ahead of time. And then they want your money, right? So, you know, that you, you sign that stuff and you send it back with your deposit. And then as soon as you're, you know, outside and you're there and you're ready to get on a horse, then they're like, then they push another piece of paper in front of you and say, Oh, by the way, before you can get on this horse, you know, you need to sign this. And you're already there. You've already made your deposit. You've, you've, Given them the money and now they're asking you for this waiver. Why didn't they give that to you with that other packet of information? Certainly wouldn't have been any bother to them to do that. But they're kind of springing it on you. And that's a little bit of a question that raises an issue of, you know, timeliness. And did the person have the proper uh, ability to evaluate the, the potential risks of the activity that they were engaging in?
0: And let's go to the next step. You start talking about the horse or you can talk about, do, do I know what kind of horse this is? Do I know if this is a frisky horse, if it's a, a tame horse? Do I know if it's one that has a tendency to buck or a horse that has a tendency to try and rub me off on trees or or will will do certain things? Should I be warned about it? Even if I say I'm an intermediate or I'm an advanced horseback rider. Should I be warned about the propensities of the horse in order for the waiver to be something that is enforceable?
1: Right. Exactly.
0: What about equipment? And then I was just going to say equipment, you know, I mean, you
1: might sign a waiver saying, yes, I could get thrown from this horse. I could uh, get kicked by this horse. But what if there's a situation where the equipment that they're using is, is faulty or fails. um, And that is actually the reason that the horses react or respond. And then you get the injuries. Did you sign away uh, any potential personal injury claims because of the company's, Uh, Faulty equipment. Can they even prevent that by using a waiver? Uh, I think the courts are a little divided on that and it really takes a closer look at the uh, at the circumstances uh, at issue.
0: I think it is. I think that's exactly right. You you know, if if you're saying, hey, the reason I got my injury was not because the horse necessarily, although the horse did buck or the horse did rear up, but because the 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 billet strap underneath the horse broke because it was in poor condition and nobody had inspected it or the person putting it on should have known that that was a, a, a compromised billet strap and was probably not going to hold the saddle in the event of any kind of an event. Uh, uh, outside the normal here, we'll just go walking down this trail event. At that point, there could be some real question as far as a liability to the, uh, to the, to the company. Let's talk about going to Elitches, mm-hmm. and we go to Elitches and we get on those rides. Is there a degree of danger? Those rides that you assume when you get on the rides?
1: Well, certainly, uh, you know, when you go on those upside down rides, you're you're looking for a thrill. And and the courts do consider, you know, if if you've signed this recreational waiver uh, by by virtue of your ticket purchase or whatnot, that, you know, you're there to be thrilled by the rides. Well, if the if the hasn't properly maintained the rides, if they had reports that the rides were malfunctioning and didn't take the right Appropriate precautionary steps to inspect, um, you know, then their their waiver may not be enough to protect them.
0: And so, what we're looking at in something like that, that I think, Danny, you're talking about, is sometimes you have to look at the inherent risk that you take for getting involved in the activity. If you're going whitewater rafting, there's an inherent risk that when you hit the white waters, you're going to go fast, you're going to be thrown around, you could fall out of the boat or out of the raft. And that's why the
1: rafting companies, you know, do have you sign a waiver. They tell you you have to wear a, a personal flotation device. They ask you if you have the ability to swim. You know, they, they do what they can But now if for whatever reason there was some kind of inland shark that popped out of the water and ate your whole crew, I mean, that would be a situation where I'm not sure that the liability waiver would protect the company if they knew that there was that shark in the water.
0: Or if we go to the flotation, personal flotation device, mm. if they know they've got ones that can't hold the weight of the person that they've given it to. Much more practical. They walk They walk over and they say, here, you take this one and you take this one and you take this one and the device isn't going to be effective. And they should know that's their job.
1: Or that they put the wrong size flotation device on a particular person if they're using an adult one on a child or vice versa.
0: Or they've got one they know that it's not working for one reason or another. Uh, or if they haven't checked their boat to make sure their boat is in a proper Condition to handle the whitewater rapids. Uh, th- so you need to look at what is causing and what leads to the injury and what is the problem. If I'm at Elitches and I'm expecting that there's been an inspection of the, of the ride, I'm ins- expecting that they have done the necessary maintenance on the rides. If the maintenance isn't being done and the ride therefore is defective to begin with, is that going? Is the way we're going to to protect?
1: Them? Yeah, I I think that the public policy generally tends towards that the public doesn't assume the risk of a company's failure to. Uh, or, or
0: abridgment of its duty to inspect. You've been listening to the Bell and Paul legal Show. Brad, Paul, and Dana Miller in the studio. As you can see, recreational waivers—they're all over the place. You're signing them. You're going to sign them. You got to think about the circumstances under which you sign them. If you question them, maybe you shouldn't take the ride. Maybe you shouldn't do the recreational activity. But if you've been backed into a corner. Have they not been provided to you as sufficiently in advance? Were they not signed, provided to you at the time the contract was signed a month earlier when you reserved the spot and sent the money in? Were they just flung on you a few moments before you're going to take the recreational activity? Before you're going to go do what you want to do? Before you have, when you have your five people with you and the six of you are going to go do this activity and suddenly, hey, guess what? Here's our recreational activity waiver that, that you have to sign that we could have given you and you and you, and you don't have now. Can you understand what you're signing? Is the language su- sufficiently clear? All these are questions. You're listening to the Bell and Pollock Legal Show. Call us, 303-795-5900. Contact us, bellappollock.com or championsofthepeople.com if you've been hurt as a result of the negligence of another. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. This legal minute is brought to you by Bell and Pollock Personal Injury Lawyers at championsofthepeople.com.
2: Hi, I'm Gary Bell of the law firm of Bell and Pollock. This is your legal minute. How does this job ad sound to you? $10,000 a week. What do you think? You got to work 24/7. You get no vacation, no breaks, no benefits. You can't go home at 5. You can't get another job. You can't leave, you can't quit. No retirement, no promotions. No pay increases, no bonuses. Guess what? That's exactly how an injury goes. You've been injured in a car crash. You just inherited a brand new career. What about the pain? What about the numbness? What about the alteration of lifestyle? You just inherited a new career. Want the job? Call us. Bell & Pollock, championsofthepeople.com will help you.
0: For your Bell & Pollock legal game plan, visit championsofthepeople.com. welcome back the Bell and Paul Legal show Brad Paul Dana Miller in studio we're going to wind it up uh, this is a big topic. Uh, Dana, closing remarks.
1: So, uh, I think the thing that people really need to know is that this does totally ultimately hinge on uh, contract law. It's not really about the injuries themselves, although that's a big component at the beginning um, in terms of, you know, was it the type of injury you could sustain in this particular recreational activity? But if your case ends up needing to be litigated, you're gonna want an attorney to be involved because it involves contract scrutiny. And this is where it gets really, really meaty. Um, there are a lot of different things that the courts need to look at. There's a whole set of analysis that occurs that deals with the how the contract was formed, how the contract is interpreted, and whether there are sufficient affirmative defenses to the contract that ha, are, still are in effect. Um, You know, and so it it involves establishing whether or not the party uh, had the parties had a meeting of the minds, whether there was a minor involved in the contract. Whether there was uh, adequate consideration, and that's a fancy legal term for was there an exchange of interests between the parties, whether it be monetary for services or services for services, all those kind of things. And this is where you really, truly need to get an attorney involved if you have questions about these issues and recreational liability waivers.
0: I know Dana would like another half an hour to talk to you about this. <laughs> so if you have an injury or if you have a reason to seek out representation, come talk to Dana. <laughs> Contact us, 303-795-5900, or championsofthepeople.com. We'll see you next week.